Hi everyone, this is Leslie and Sarah. Hey guys. And welcome to the very first Tailors in Japan podcast. This is indeed our maiden voyage and uh, we're really excited to uh, do this project together. Sarah and I really don't do a whole lot of uh, projects together, not before or not since I should say the uh, canoe incident. Um, <laughs> When we were dating, actually, were we engaged then? I think we were engaged. I think we were engaged. And it's amazing that we remained engaged, <laughs> to be honest with you. But anyway, um, maybe so we'll, tell you, <laughs> we'll tell you that story sometime, perhaps. But um, not right now. Anyway, we haven't really done projects together since that time. And so we're excited to do this one. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what our goal is for this podcast and some of that a little bit later. But before we really get into anything, we want to start with a a short self-introduction because probably a lot of you know us at this point but some of you might not so if you don't know us this is a a good way to get to know us so sarah why don't you uh, start us off here hey guys so i am sarah taylor i am 33 years old i was born in germany but raised in new hampshire and i am a proud yankee i add a little bit of spice to my good southern husband's life um i majored in business administration but I had a heavy emphasis on accounting. Um, But now I stay home with our kids and I love it. I've stayed home since Cambria was born and I homeschool the girls. And when Boston's old enough, I will homeschool him too, Um, which has its challenges, but I would not trade it for anything. And on the side, I work as a proofreader, just doing behind the scenes, little details things, which with my accounting background, you can understand is what I love to do. It's not just her accounting background. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of just how she is. It's my entire background. <laughs> That's right. Um, for fun, I love to read. I am constantly reading and I love to exercise, usually running, but I am pretty much game for anything. Yeah, so uh, that's Sarah. And again, I am Leslie and I... Uh, I am 36 years old, and although my family is going back to Japan, and we have spent six years in Japan total as a family together, I've actually spent another three years on top of that in Japan when I was a kid. So I've spent a total of about nine years of my life in Japan. My father was in the Marine Corps, which is why we lived there whenever I was a kid. We first lived in Okinawa, which is an island off the uh, southern coast of Japan. And uh, then we moved to Iwakuni, which is on the mainland. And actually, I was baptized in Iwakuni in the uh, Nishikigawa or the Nishiki River. And uh, so I've always had a a kind of deep personal connection to Japan myself uh, just because of of that experience as a kid. So aside from my Japan experiences, um, I have a bachelor's degree in communication from Fried Hardeman University, and I also got my master's degree in ministry from Fried Hardeman as well. And uh, so I've been in ministry for quite some time now, since uh, before Sarah and I got married. And uh, that's uh, basically what uh, I I do. And uh, aside from that, I uh, enjoy philosophy and theology and uh, if I get the chance on this podcast, it's likely going to come out. So I hope that you're uh, ready for that. But uh, anyway, so that's a little bit about myself and Sarah. So next, we'd like to talk a little bit about our family and our work. So we've told you about ourselves, but I'm going to let Sarah talk to you a little bit about our, our family as a whole. 
So Leslie and I met at Freed Hardman, um, and I would love to tell the story because it's a good story, uh, but maybe we'll do that on a future episode. We've been married for 13 years now, and we have moved all over the place in those 13 years. We started out in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Um, I highly recommend you visit there because they're good people, and it's gorgeous there. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing congregation. We, we love Wilkesboro. So Cambria was born in North Carolina. Um, she loves to drive past the hospital she was born in and say, that's where I was born. So when Cambria was about one, we um, decided to take the job in Japan, which Leslie will get into. Um, and a week later, we found out we were pregnant with Madeline. So we said, well, having a baby is the same no matter where you are. So let's do this in Japan. So it turns out it's a whole lot cheaper in Japan than it is in America. <laughs> At least for us, it was. Um, so we moved to Japan and Madeline was born over there. Um, and I mean, honestly, that first year in Japan was probably our best year ever. Yeah, it was awesome. It, that's going to be hard to beat. Um, not that it's a competition. So the second time, competition. <laughs> the second time we went to Japan, uh, we had Boston there. So the kids ages are 11, nine and five. And, um, we are so blessed to have them in our lives. They are just such a joy to us. And we're so glad that we get to spend so much time with them just with Leslie's job and then my being able to stay home. Um, and we have a lot of good memories in Japan. I always say that bad experiences turn into good memories and we have a handful of those, but most of them are just really, really lovely memories. Yeah, definitely. We do have a lot of good memories there. And, um, you know, obviously we lived there, but we didn't live there just to live there. We, we've always lived there as a family with the mindset of going for mission work. And uh, the first job that I took whenever we moved there in 2010, I was teaching English at a kindergarten. And uh, although we had gone in order for me to take that job. I mean, that was what allowed us to be there. That's what my, my visa was, was for teaching English. We actually went so that we could be able to help the church that was in Kojima. So Brent and Sandy Rogers, um, Brent unfortunately has uh, passed away since uh, that time. Sandy's still there right now, but um, they, uh, they basically got us connected with the job at the kindergarten, but they did it because they were looking for somebody who could help out the church there. And so we said we were interested in doing that, and uh, thankfully, for whatever reason, um, by God's by God's design, and uh, perhaps a, a mistake by the school, um, they hired me as the the English teacher. And uh, as Sarah said, that was a, a great year, and uh, we were able, I think, to try to help out the church some and and do some studies with people, and and that experience, along with some other things motivated us to say, we want to go back to Japan full-time and do full-time mission work. So, uh, and part of that was that during that first year when we were living in Kojima and, and Madeline was born in 2011, in March of 2011, there was the uh, earthquake and the tsunami. Now that was not thankfully where we were, but as we, you know, saw the the video and, and, and thought about the people up there, we realized that these were the kind of people that we could have easily known. They were people like our neighbors. They were people that all lived in that community. And that really, I think, touched us and made us realize how important it was to uh, be spreading the gospel. So we went back for a year um, to the States, raised support, and then moved back, not to Kojima, but to the Matsudo Church, which is uh, just outside of Tokyo. And uh, we worked there for 
uh, five years from 2012 to 2017. And uh, that's sort of our basic background. We were working then with the uh, Carols, with Steve and Debbie Carroll. And um, Steve was uh, really a mentor for me. And um, unfortunately, Debbie passed away while, while we were there. But, uh, you know, Steve helped us out a lot with so many things. And um, that's, uh, you know, what gave us the experiences that we have now and uh, very thankful for all of those. So that's a background of our family. That's a background Very of basic us. intro. Yeah. Um, you, you might be thinking, if that's basic, I don't want to hear the long <laughs> version, you know. But uh, anyway, so, um, you know, so that, that's an intro, though, to us. And so we want to start off by talking about why we want to do this podcast. I, I don't think that it's very normal for missionaries to be doing a podcast. I'm not saying there's none out there. I'm sure that there's plenty of them, but um, obviously a lot of missionaries live in places where it's not possible. You know, maybe they just don't have all the amenities that, that we'll have in Japan or, you know, any number of reasons that they might not do it. And so why do a podcast? Well, I think there, there's two reasons. And one of those, I think, is connecting with people in a personal way from afar. I think Sarah would agree with me that it can be kind of hard to connect with people when you're so far away, right? I mean, you know, people just don't really understand everything that's going on. You don't really get to talk to them. If you write a newsletter, I mean, it's not as personal, right, as hearing somebody's voice. And so... Um, I, I never read blogs. I used to, but I just don't. I don't have time for it anymore. But I listen to podcasts all the time. Pro tip, listening to a podcast while you run is a lot more distracting than music. So you forget how much you hate running. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's the thing. Exactly. You can listen to a podcast while you're driving in the car, while you're mowing the lawn or whatever you might be doing. Um, you know, maybe at this time of year, maybe you'll be shoveling the walk or whatever, but whatever it might be, you know, if you're doing that, you can listen to that podcast and you can get that sort of personal connection. Whereas with the newsletter, and it's not that newsletters are bad or anything like that. I, I don't mean that. I just mean, you know, they lack that little personal touch perhaps that you might have here. So we feel like maybe this is a good way to have that personal connection with people back home. I think it invites you to know us because anybody can write words. Like when you read black and white words on your screen, anyone could have written that. But when you get to hear our voices, you can kind of picture like what we're looking like as we're yeah. saying this. You can, it's, it's more like talking in person than just throwing together some words in a newsletter. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, not to disparage newsletters at all. I mean, they're, they're great and they're important. We're and still sending out a newsletter. Yeah, we're still doing <laughs> newsletters, but um, this does add something, you know, a little personal, like we were saying. So that's one thing. And another reason is that we want to share our experiences. You know, in a newsletter, you kind of focus on the details, like the, the big picture details that have been going on over the last month or two or three months or whatever it is, right? But when you do a podcast, you really get to share everything that's going on. You know, you, you talk about the things that you've been experiencing. So it might be something as simple as, something that happened at the grocery store or that happened on the bus or the train. You can fit a lot more stories into an hour-long podcast or even a 30-minute podcast than you can in a two-page newsletter. Yeah, exactly. You no know, one's going to take an hour to read a newsletter, but you can listen to an hour-long podcast while you're doing other things. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just easier to, to get all that information in. And so that's another reason. We want to be able to share with people a little bit more of our lives than we can do in writing. The ups and the downs, you know, just everything. We can share those little stories from our daily lives and our experiences and all of that. 
and uh, maybe that'll be you know help people have a little bit better connection with us and also to be honest i'm hoping that perhaps this will help if there's other people out there who are interested in coming to japan to do mission work that maybe this can be a resource or we can be a resource and perhaps this will be a, a way for them to uh, connect to us and connect to the work so thinking about the work that we're going to do this is a big question for a lot of people why are we going back to japan right i mean we spent six years there five years completely we spent five consecutive years from 2012 to 2017 we came back to the u.s in 2017 we've been back for two years why are we going back sarah what would you say if somebody asked you why are you going back what would your answer be because god is leading us back <laughs> that's that can sound like such a just i don't know a simple answer one that's not actually thoughtful but you know we have made so many plans and i think the more we experience the more we see we can make our plans but god's going to direct our paths and um, I, I think that's what he's doing. And, you know, we could, we could dig our feet in and be like, God, we made our plans. We're, we're going to stay here. Um, but that's not trusting him. That's not having faith. That's not allowing him to guide us fully. And I think that's what our desire is, is to follow where he's guiding us. And this is where he's guiding us. Yeah. And I think the way to understand how we perceive that guidance, I think, is is by first understanding why we came back to begin with. When we came back to the U.S. to begin with, we really weren't sure if it was the right decision, to be honest. We really struggled with that decision for at least a year. Yeah, it was at least a year. I mean, we prayed a lot about it. We thought a lot about it. We talked a lot about it. And we really struggled with trying to figure out whether we should come back to the States or not. There were really a, a couple of big things that I would say impacted our thinking. Number one, of course, was the kids. You know, we were concerned about the kids having Christian friends and and having people who would encourage them as they grew up. And, and of course, for the kids, as they get older, finding Christian spouses, you know, we were concerned about that in, in Japan. And so things like that, you know, they make it difficult as you're trying to, to be a parent. You want to take care of your kids, and, and that's appropriate, I think, you know, to take care of your kids, to have a concern for them, their spiritual lives and all of that. So that was one of the things. And I think another thing was that, you know, we weren't really sure how effective we would be there. Maybe after five years, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't say we got jaded. I don't think that's the right word. It wasn't a negative feeling, but it's just, we thought maybe we had a better place in America, I think, a, a better way to serve, you know, here rather than in Japan. And, over the course of the last two years, and especially this last year, um, it, it kind of just became clear to us that all our thinking on that was um, in error. Self-reliant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was self. It was self-reliant, definitely, and it was also just plain mistaken. You know, as far as the kids go, we have made some decisions that turned out to not really change the picture for them at all. In fact, in some cases, one might say it it made some things worse, possibly, um, but. Either way, we kind of just realized more and more, man, this is really up to God. We really have to entrust our children to God to do our best, of course. That doesn't mean that we don't do anything, but we did have to, you know, come to that realization 
that it's in God's hands and we have to trust him. Do our best, do everything that we can, but whether we are here or overseas, ultimately they are in the hands of God and we have to trust him for that. So, um, but I think... I mean, people are fallible. People are imperfect. Um, Especially me. (laughs) um, So I guess that's where I say me too. (laughs) Um, I think... Very humble. (laughs) For me, at least, I think I was putting... um, too much faith in other people and I think this last year has just shown us like we need to not put faith in other people we don't need to put it in ourselves either we need to put our faith in God um and that is something that thankfully applies no matter where we are it applies to every person on earth and it applies to us no matter where we are on earth um that's the beauty of God and his omnipresence yeah absolutely um and I think we found that over the last couple of years is finding a better reliance on God and uh, not always entrusting ourselves, you know, and, and putting trust in ourselves and our own plans and our own thinking and th- thinking that we can figure it all out and uh, make things happen. Because ultimately, I was just reading this verse the other day in the Psalms that uh, unless God builds the house, the builders labor in vain, Right. So at the end of the day, you can make all your plans, you can build your house, but if God's not in it, it doesn't matter. And so ultimately, we just want to seek where God is and what he's leading us towards. And that kind of leads to the, the second part of this, which is what convinced us to return to Japan, right? Because that that alone wouldn't be enough to say you need to go back to Japan. It could maybe change your thinking on, on some things, but that alone wouldn't make you think, yeah, we definitely need to go back to the mission field. So Sarah, what would you say if you were going to say something that helped convince us that we needed to return to Japan. Because by the way, I I think both of us, I think, felt some resistance to this at first. And I think especially Sarah felt that. But I think she is very much on board with this. Um, And so I think that's a good question for you to start off with. What, What convinced you that this is the right path? Okay. So when Leslie first voiced the, I wonder... I immediately nope. threw on no. the brakes, said, don't even talk about that. Don't I don't want to hear up. about it. <laughs> we made our plans. Like I said, <laughs> we ha- we made our plans. I have my mindset. I am an object who does not like to be like shifted off course. Um, and he had mentioned that to me right before we went on a two-day road trip. And so the whole trip down... I was just airing every grievance I had about going back to Japan. Like, I don't want to do paperwork. That's such a hassle. (laughs) Or um, things like that. I don't want to have to move again. I've had to pack things up so many times. But It is a hassle. It is a hassle. But the more I brought up all these things, at the same time as I was thinking, I would admit like, okay, so we were most effective there, more effective there than we were anywhere else. But still think about the paperwork or like, wow, yeah, I can really see that we felt very fulfilled, like we were doing what God wants us to do. But still, like, I don't want to have to pick up Japanese again. Um, And so I think just recognizing we did so much there, or God did so much through us there is more what I should say. And I think I am very slow to grow and very slow to learn. But I think I am coming to a point where I am more open to sacrificing 
for the sake of the kingdom than I ever have been before. Um, And that's hard. I mean, as anyone who's listening who has ever done that knows, that's very hard. But somehow God has led me to a place where I'm open to it. And I think I, to me, I think that's the biggest thing as far as me being okay with going to Japan is recognizing God wants to work through us and I'm actually open to that. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I I think I could probably say the same thing. I I definitely think that since we came back to the States, I've grown a lot. Um, There's been a lot of things that have kind of forced both of us to grow. And um, that's, that's been good. You know, there's been a lot of experiences that have that have led us to grow closer to God, to rely more on Him, to trust Him more, and to have a real concern for where we are going to be fruitful. And, you know, ever since we came back from Japan, I still wasn't sure that we had made the right choice myself. I, I was a little bit different from Sarah than this, that I, you know, I, I just wasn't sure entirely about everything. I, I, I loved Japan, I missed Japan, and I missed the work, and I, I cared about the people. And uh, more so than I think I realized, I think I kind of felt like when we got back to the States, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but it was still very much on my heart and on my mind frequently. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that I kind of just expected. I, I sort of figured, hey, we've, we've been there for five years and really the last seven years have been completely about Japan missions. So it makes sense that as you come back, it's going to be, you know, a process and, and that was to be expected. But it was more, I think, than I expected. And then it was especially about this time, actually, last year. Um, it was uh, right around Christmas. We had gone uh, up to New Hampshire for uh, for the holidays, and I found out about a job, um, a photography job back in Japan. So for those who don't know, I, I guess I failed to mention that part in the uh, self-introduction. <laughs> kind of yeah, it's kind of a big part. I'm, I'm a photographer. Um, I, I do professional photography um, on the side and, uh, you know, just to try to help support the family and whatnot. And uh, when we were in Japan before, I would have some odd jobs here and there doing photography, especially for a company called Japan Travel. And uh, they, so about a year ago, they uh, wrote me and said, hey, we have this big job coming up. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So that brought me back and it brought us, it brought me back. And I only, I got to go that time. Unfortunately, I wish we all could have gone, but I, I I got to go back and I got to preach at Matsudo once again and I got to visit some of our ministry friends and all of that. And um, I, I think it just hit home how much more fruitful I thought we would be there. And it, and it hit home some of the people who still weren't Christians yet, who I really would love to see become disciples of Jesus. And I think just all of that together just made me personally feel like, man, we need to be back here, you know? Um, but I still didn't know how Sarah was going to feel about it, but I do think the timing of that, you know, um, the timing of that, I think is part of probably had an impact on Sarah too, because the timing was very suspect. I, I, think. I mean, he found out about this job two weeks before the job actually occurred. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just weeks before and this job came up and it happened to come up at a time where there was a lot of, a lot of questions in our mind about our future and everything. And, and so when I, I got to go and I got to preach and I got to visit with the ministers and all of that, you know, it just, again, it just hit my heart and made me feel like, man, this is, I feel like God's telling us we need to be back here. 
And um, so we prayed about it a lot. We did not go into this decision quickly. I actually applied for another job as well. And, uh, in the States. In the States, yeah. I applied for a job in the States, a ministry job, and I did not get that job. And uh, actually, man, it was really interesting the way that that worked out. And I think this was another thing that kind of made us feel like God was directing all of this because we, so we had been sponsored before by the Wilkesboro Church of Christ. We talked about them previously. They were our sponsoring church and um, they were great and we loved them deeply. And we kind of expected that whenever we reached out and said, hey, we're thinking about going back, that they would just be like, yeah, absolutely. We'll sponsor you again. And so we talked to them and after several weeks, they got back and said, no, we can't do it. So I had applied for this job and, uh, you know, the Wilkesboro church said, we can't sponsor you. Like this was our Gideon's fleece. Yeah. Like, okay, I mean, God, which one of these two options is it going to be? Yeah. And so we were just like, okay, now, now what? Okay. We, we, we didn't get that job and Wilkesboro said they couldn't do it this time. So now what do we do? And I had already talked to Matsudo and said, we were going to try to come back, you know, that we were going to make an effort. And so I kind of felt like, you know, we said, we're going to try, I, I just want to try one more time. So I reached out just to a couple of people saying, hey, we're looking for a sponsoring church. And I don't know that I really expected that we would find one. I don't know what I expected, to be honest, but I figured we'd try one more time. So at least we could tell Matsudo we really did our best and God just doesn't want us to go. You know, if it was he, our if Hail Mary. What, yeah, that's, that's it. You know, if he, if, if he wants us to go provide, if he doesn't, at least we can tell Matsudo we did our best. And uh, we put that out there. And immediately my friend uh, Scott Elliott said, our congregation might be interested in this. And uh, about a month later, they agreed. And I mean, just ever since that point, it seems like things started falling into place. And the amazing thing about all of it, I think, is that it's really been God's work, not ours. You know, that's the thing. If if the other things had worked out, I feel like it would have been a little bit more our design, our cleverness. But I can't say that about anything. The fundraising the sponsoring church, just everything has been God's hand in this from the beginning. I mean, I think both of us feel that way. I remember back whenever we did our Gideon's Fleece, like, okay, which two options? After both of them failed, um, you had said, I don't know what God's telling us. And I remember we said, he's telling us that whatever happens is because of him and not us. And I'm so glad we could see that back then. I mean, we kind of had to. It's just there have been so few times when we have felt as out of control as we have, but that was one of those times. And just recognizing whatever happens is purely because of him and not because of us at all. Like now, six months on from that, we have seen yeah. how true that actually was. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think we're both very thankful for that. And, and that has made us really feel like God is in this. And, uh, you know, I, who knows what the future holds? God alone knows we're trusting in him, whatever the path leads to. Right. But um, at it's this terrifying, point, but it's also really reassuring to know. Freeing, God. I think. Yes, freeing. Yeah. It is. It's freedom is scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, it is. It's freeing whenever, you know, like I'm just trusting in God in this, you know, I'm, I'm putting it in his hands instead of me taking the wheel. I'm really letting him take the wheel and he's he's steering and it's good. So uh, that's, I think, in uh, a basic explanation of uh, what convinced us to return to Japan. And, uh, and so that's that's why that's why we're we're where we are going back. Um, 
you know, right now we have uh, 83% of our bare bones budget raised. We have less than $600 a month left that we need to raise for our uh, monthly budget to, to reach our bare bones budget. And uh, by the way, I should probably here do a little plug for our website. If you don't know about our website, please check it out. It's tailorsinjapan.com. Very simple, tailorsinjapan.com. And if you go there, you can find out all sorts of information about um, our uh, our mission, what we're planning to do, about our family. You can sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, you can sign up for our <laughs> newsletter. That's right. We do have a newsletter that will be going out uh, via email. And so you can, you can sign up for that. Um, you'll also see new episodes there. And of course, you can also find information about uh, our support needs, how you can support us. And let me say that if you if you know somebody who might be interested or you have any connections to share, we would love to uh, talk to you about that because we do still need to raise some more support. But um, I mean, in only like three or four months, we've raised 83% and that has been all of God's doing. I mean, we really haven't been going around begging people. God has just really provided in a lot of places that we never could have expected. And we're so thankful for that blessing. Um, but do check out our website. You'll be able to find updates there. And again, if you sign up for our newsletter, you'll see the updates as they come out. And uh, that that would probably be a good thing if you're interested in our work. So we're uh, going to close out here. But before we do, I want to read a passage out of uh, Matthew chapter 28. This is Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is really what this mission is about. Our our mission is about the great commission that Jesus gave to his church. To go and bring the gospel to the nations and to baptize them and to make disciples. That's what it's about, is making disciples for Jesus Christ across the globe. And for us, that means Japan. We have that connection, we have that background, and we love the Japanese people dearly. Maybe sometime we'll be able to share with you some of our friends. But the big thing is we we want to see Japan grow. We, in terms of its its spiritual life. We want to see the church grow in Japan. We want to see the kingdom grow in Japan. And we want to bear fruit for God's kingdom in Japan. And uh, it, it's fulfilling the Great Commission and revealing the glory of the gospel and of our God in Japan. That is our mission. That's really the key to why we are going. And so as we close out, we'd ask that you please pray for us. Um, please keep us in your prayers. There's so many things that uh, you can be praying about um, Sarah, what, what are some of the things maybe they can be praying uh, for? Um, as a mom, I will ask you to pray for our kids, that they can adjust well, that they will thrive there spiritually, um, just as we hope that the Japanese people will thrive there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, be praying for, we actually have a, a post on our website. So if you go to our blog on um, on our website, you'll be able to see some of the things you can pray for. But one of the things that I listed there is where we're going to live. You know, we don't have that decided yet officially. And so we'd ask for your prayers that we will live in the right place, that God will put us in the right place to be the most effective, the most fruitful for his kingdom, that he'll put us near the right people, people who are seeking, people who are interested in the gospel, 
that'll help us to rekindle the relationships we had in the past and that'll provide many new ones because that's the thing again we want to make more disciples we want to go back and we want to see fruit and we know that it relies completely 100 percent upon the work of god and so um we would ask that you would pray for that as well be praying for our whole family as we adjust be praying for the church in matsudo as they adjust to this and prepare and be praying for our paperwork um be praying for our fundraising. You can, you can pray about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to pray about. So please do be in prayer. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're Thank really you. excited to do this and we'll have some more episodes uh, in the near future. But uh, until then, uh, thank you. And uh, again, this is Leslie and Sarah Taylor. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.